Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Reverend Paul John Roach. So hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. Yes, I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you this week from the Gulf of Mexico in Texas. I'm on vacation down here. It's beautiful. Uh, Today, I welcome uh, Kate Ekman to the show. Uh, Kate has had a career as a broadcast journalist, a TV personality, keynote speaker, and body positive model. She's also a certified executive coach, a Reiki master, a student of TM, and a meditation teacher. And uh, she offers um, personal development courses, as well as writing a new book called, and that's what we're going to talk about today, it's entitled The Full Spirit Workout, a 10-step system to shed yourself out strengthen your spiritual core, and create a fun and fulfilling life. Of course, it uses the idea of the full body workout and shifts it in a different direction, and we'll, we'll talk about that. So it's a pleasure to welcome, welcome Kate Ekman to today's show. Welcome. Glad you're with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's my joy to be here with you and your beautiful audience. This is quite a personal book in many ways, isn't it, that you... Um, you know, the knowledge you've gained is, is um, working with some of the difficulties that you've faced in your life, even though on the surface, maybe it looked picture perfect. You know, you've had a lovely career and, and done many wonderful things. But, you know, there's, there's, um, there's things going on within us that, uh, that we need to work through. And you share the, all these things very honestly and openly and, and come up with 10 steps that uh, you found work for you, right, and, and that can work for others. So. So that's what makes the book powerful, I think, is, is that it is a personal book. Yeah, thank you for that. I think it's so important that all of us, if we haven't already, and, and to do so consistently, really be honest with ourselves about what's going on within us at our core and, and beneath the surface of who we pretend to be or that, that polished, put-together package that we present to the world. You know, the full spirit is really the the courage to be who we truly are. It's our authentic truth and power. And it's showing up like you mean it with with passion and, and with presence. And I think there's this misconception in our culture that if you look a certain way or you make a certain amount of money or you have the house, the car, the whatever, all the shiny objects that you feel really great on the inside. And then we've seen time and time again that that isn't true. And while I love nice things as much as the next person for me, it, it's really important to to do the inner work so that we can feel good and, and have the the inner confidence and resilience and optimism to withstand 
any storm, because if I've learned anything this past year and a half, and as we're learning now, I mean, it's just one thing after another. And, and the sad news is, is that the chaos and the uncertainty and the absolute insanity of the world isn't going anywhere. So it really is up to us to develop this inner strength and, and fitness, as I call it, and, and really get strong on the inside. Right, absolutely. And, you know, like you said, we've been through this COVID-19 thing, and, and now it seems to be, you know, the next stage of it seems to be rearing its head and all, all these variants and whatnot. So we thought it was, you know, we we're getting over it, and now it's, oh, no, here we go again, you know, back into lockdown perhaps. So, so it's, when is this all going to be over? And, you know, add the stress of uh, modern life and, and uh, climate change and you name it. And there are a lot of stresses going on for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why it's important for us to acknowledge that and to talk about it and to have maybe unpleasant or uncomfortable conversations, starting with with ourselves. And I think just being OK with having a challenging moment. And even I was I was speaking with a, a coaching client earlier and just the stress that we're all carrying around and okay, let's admit it, but then let's, let's do something about it. And that's what, what this book is about. And that's what my work is all about is let's first be honest with ourselves, but then come up with some action strategies that are fun that we actually want to do that have, you know, cumulative results, but also have some things that have, we, we feel better right away when we do these practices. So I, we're all in this together. I, you know, just like we all know, we have to exercise our physical bodies to maintain health and, and, and live long, healthy lives. We, we need a program for our inner selves. And sadly, our, our culture doesn't place nearly as much emphasis on, on the inner as it does the outer. Right. Well, you, you start the, the steps with that honesty, don't you, in terms of what you call stretching your comfort zone, right? You're not, you're not going to grow on any level, especially spiritually, if you, if you can't look at yourself honestly and, and you know, do, do a sort of inventory, really, of where you are, right? It's the same with physical health. If, you, if you're in denial about it, you, know, you just keep perpetuating the same old bad habit. So um, stretching a comfort zone, you know, it's easy to, to stay stuck in a comfort zone, right? Um, and we fool ourselves into thinking, well, I need to take time to look after myself. That's a good thing. But sometimes it can be too much, right? We could, we could be numbing ourselves instead of uh, just comforting ourselves. Yeah, and the good news is when we stretch our comfort zones, in my experience, that the universe steps in and really co-creates with us, and we are guided and we are supported. And this is where life gets really juicy and fun, and we become the men and women who are actually capable of achieving our cherished goals. And this is when life gets a bit more fun and adventurous, and we get to really see what we're made of. And so I, I invite everyone, I, I feel everyone has stretched their comfort zone this, this past year, especially, but do it in new and creative ways and, and find a, a spiritual running buddy to team up with or hire the coach, go to see the therapist, you know, put yourself in a position where you're setting yourself up for success. And, and there really is no shame. I think that's the other thing that I want to really stress is there's no shame in having an off moment or not being where you'd like to be. And we, we've got to stop judging ourselves and, and we've got to give up this guilt that we feel, whether it's taking a day off or, um, oh gosh, I, I was overexhausted and I, I said something that was unkind and I feel nice. Okay. Like we can, we can apologize and, 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 and flex our forgiveness muscle, if you will. And, 
this really does start with with getting a handle on the self judgment that we then project outward onto others and a, a good tool and a simple tool to start getting a handle on all of this is what I call my sit and stare time and just take minimum five minutes a day and, and sit with yourself and check in as you would with a small child and say, how are you doing? What can I do for you? What do you need right now? And really start talking to ourselves like we would a child who's pretty much helpless and, and giving ourselves the, the nurturing and the, the kindness that we so desperately need and crave and deserve. It's sad, isn't it, that we, we are a society that sort of thinks that if you're not doing anything, you're, you're lazy or wasting time or whatever. And yet all the spiritual masters teach, you know, doing nothing is the best thing you can do, right? It's, um, it's powerful. You know, the famous line about Gandhi, if he had a big day ahead, he would meditate for two hours instead of one, right? So he'd take more time in the silence, more time uh, seemingly doing nothing so he could be filled up spiritually uh, so he could be effective. But, you know, so many of us don't do that. We feel we have to rush from one thing to the next and, and accomplish and everything. So, um, yeah, it's important to, to not do that, right? To stop. Right. And I have a friend who's like me. She's type A. We're go-getters. We're overachievers. And she right. said, when I read your book, I got the shift and I got the reframe that said, because I told her, I said, when you're quote unquote doing nothing, you're actually achieving so much. You're achieving rest, relaxation, inner peace, rejuvenation. When you get back to your work, you can achieve 10 times more in a fraction of the time. Your productivity, your performance, your creativity skyrockets. So I, I like to uh, not challenge, but more of see it as an invitation to people. I invite you to consider that when you are taking some downtime, you're actually achieving quite a lot and, and to let yourself off the hook. And, and when you do that, you also let others off the hook. So rather than berating someone for not giving you the what you want or saying what you want them to say, you can give them some grace and space and acceptance as well. A lot of the book is about reframing, isn't it? Seeing yourself in a different light, you know, seeing in this case that, you know, not doing anything is powerful. And, you know, step two is lifting yourself up by seeing yourself in a new light again. I know you focus a lot on on beauty and self-worth in that chapter. Um, and again, it's it's all about, you know, external standards of what, what is beautiful or what is acceptable in our society, right? And, and to redefine that, if you like, to, um, to have self-worth in who you are, regardless of the way you look, you know, in comparison to somebody else, perhaps. Yeah, what I've learned is that when we allow the externals to dictate our self-worth, we can truly never have enough or be enough. And it, it really is up to us and, and really determining that our thoughts and feelings about ourselves and our bodies are the only thoughts and feelings that truly matter and, and placing those first and foremost and, and really um, taking what society says or other people say with a grain of salt. And again, with so much emphasis placed on what we look like, especially as women, but men too, I, even in the workplace, I see ageism plaguing men. And so really no one's getting a pass. Quite frankly, there's the fat shaming, there's the skinny shaming, there's you're too young, you're too old, you're, we're all too something to someone. So this really then is about cultivating the inner characteristics like intelligence, like compassion, 
you know, doing things like acts of kindness and service and, and the things that science says really move the needle in our well-being rather than thinking that when we look a certain way, when we lose the weight, when we gain the weight, when we get the outfit, when we get the shiny object, we'll feel better and, and be worthy. But really, even if you have all of those things, and my, my life has certainly dictated that as well, you, you have all the things, you look the part, and then you think, why am I not fulfilled? Why do I not feel good on the inside? And it's because those things ultimately don't make us happy. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, what was I going to say? The, the DEI, the diversity, inclusion, equity and inclusion um, movement is, you know, is gaining strength as it needs to, I think, because we need to. Uh, develop the inclusion for all people in our society. The downside of it, if there is a downside, is that, you know, folks like, um, you know, me, for instance, an older male, white male, you know, I feel like, wait a minute, well, you don't, I don't fit in any male anymore, you know. Mm. Um, so, so, and, and um, you know, so I've experienced a little bit of that as I grew older, you know, you, you, you're not needed anymore, you know, there's a new world out there. And, um, of course, I can handle that. I've had a privileged life all my life as a white male. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a balance in everything, I guess, is what I'm saying. You know, there's, um, every, everybody, everybody has to be included, right? And that includes um, the pretty people, I guess. You know, they're valid in their own way, right? But it's when we, we see them as the only way to be there's a problem. I, I think when we focus on what we can give rather than what we can get, then we all have value. Mm. And I, I think when oh, we I actually that. know yeah. we actually know that we're worthy and valuable, then mm. that's what we will show up and give. So that is also a symptom of our society. It's everybody is what's in it for me. And, and a beef I have with the spiritual community, which I am a part of, is all this manifestation and almost yeah. asking God to be your errand boy. And I want this and I want that. And I think when yeah, we're right. in a place of what can I give? How can I serve? You will naturally attract the material possessions that you want and need that will make your life more comfortable so that you're in a space to to help in a more profound way. So that's something I'd like everyone to think a bit more about regardless of age, gender, race, you know, where you've been to college, where you haven't been to college is, is really tuning into what you can offer and leveraging, first of all, identifying and then leveraging your own unique gifts and strengths. Yeah, I love that. You know, what? not what's in it for me, but what, you know, how can I be of service in, in my world? And, and you're right, you know, there is a level of spiritual awareness that uh, is kind of selfish. You know, I'm claiming my good, I'm claiming the, 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 all, the all the things I, I deserve, you know, as a beautiful child of God, but Sometimes that can become very um, self-centered. Jogian uh, Trumper, in back in the 70s, you know, the Tibetan teacher referred to it as spiritual materialism. Right? We we're using spirit, but it's in a materialistic way rather than in in a you know more expansive, generous way. So yeah, very good point. Now you you as the body positive model, right? You 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 were put yourself out there, weren't you, in difficult circumstances, perhaps? Um, and how was that? What was that like as a, a part of your career? Well, I think when you, you put yourself out there in the public, you sign up for, for being criticized or, or judged. And, and I can handle right. that. I'm a grown woman. But my concern with being publicly body shamed while working as a size 12 swimsuit model was 
all of the young girls wow. and women and, and, and young men and, and men looking at somebody's body being criticized or ridiculed in some way and how it would affect them and, and that you have to look a certain way and fit inside a really skinny box to be worthy of, of anything. And it's such a lie. And it's, it's something that our society kind of shoves down our throat through advertising, if you think about it. And even if you don't think about it, it's seeping into your subconscious. You need 8,000 products and spend $8,000 to have all the things so that you're impressing strangers and, and feeling good enough to people you don't even know. Um, and so again, this is really about going within and, and knowing who you are on the inside and realizing that your spirit, the truth of who you are, your essence can never be overlooked or rejected or criticized. And that's such a beautiful place to dwell. And, and that's why I do my sit and stare time and do my meditation time, which is sitting quietly in a room alone to remember this truth and to tune into the spirit rather than the externals. Because on the outside, it's always, we're never going to feel good enough. So it is consciously choosing to spend more time in, in that quiet, still place. And, and that that really is the spirit. And that really is, it's a really powerful place to be, which is why I recommend we spend a lot more time there. Because then when you're out in the external worlds, or, you know, we all have to, to play in that world, you almost have this suit of armor and, and you feel untouchable in, in certain ways, or some people describe it as, you know, I've got this white light surrounding me and, and you really do. <laughs> so, and people want a part of that, you know, again, with the manifesting, it's just, you know, when you're in that place where you really genuinely care about other people and your other focus instead of self-focused, it's amazing what you will naturally attract. And then the opportunities and experiences and abundance that you so desperately seek or crave, they, they track, they come to you, you attract them rather than striving or forcing or trying to control someone or something to get what you want. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, it was uh, Don Hanley, the, the, the singer, you know, used to be in the Eagles that um, one of his albums is called building the perfect beast. And he was criticizing this out of focus, you know, and you spend so much time working on yourself, but really it's just perfecting this beast. You know, you're forgetting you're not just a beast. You're a spiritual being, right? And um, you, you, it's exactly to your point, really. What you know, what we're building is is maybe a sham, you know, ultimately, because the truth of us is um, is invisible, isn't it? It's it's expansive, it's generous, it's um, it's it's the abundance of God, if you like, flowing through us, or the abundance of spirit. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a shift to move in that direction if you've been enculturated, right, into a different mindset. And yeah, and I love that you brought up, you know, one of the greatest entertainers ever, because when you think of your favorite artist, entertainer, athlete, I mean, you think of those moves that a Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan were doing, it, it, it just is like an out of body experience, or I think of Prince playing the electric guitar, and it looks like he's not even trying, um, and it's just, he's just lost in the, in the art of it. And he's so present. And so that's a superpower is to be fully present with whatever you're doing, whomever you're with, even if you're just by yourself and, and again, showing up like you mean it. And with, with me, like this book is so much bigger than me with an athlete the performance is so much bigger than them. Don Henley, his, his, his performance is so much bigger than him. And then it really is in the service of the arts and inspiration and entertaining. And I'm not saying we all have that kind of talent, 
But what I am saying is that we all do have something unique and special to share. We just have to tap into it and, and really be willing to be that present and, and put ourselves out there in a meaningful way. Yes, well put. We've been watching the Olympics recently. If we, if you listen to this live, folks, and um, you know you can see the amazing work that these athletes do, and the the tendency sometimes is to think, oh my goodness, they're super people. We, I could never do that. But the same qualities that they've harnessed, they're in us as well. That's the good news, right? Um, we can, we can entertain that same sweet spot, that place of um, where we're doing something well and effortless. Um, and it's a beautiful place to be, and it can be as simple as. Whatever we're doing on a given day, you know, uh, a car mechanic can have that. Um, uh, somebody that writes, uh, caring for someone, uh, you know, a caregiver in a care home is, is can that exhibit the same kind of quality of mind as heart, right? Yeah, and, and what else brought, got brought up in these Olympics? The stress and the pressure and mental health and things that, again, nobody wants to talk about. And it just, it reminds me of two things as you're talking. One, you know, I, I didn't make the Olympics, unfortunately, but I had a 17 year competitive swimming career, swam all through college. And I think of those swim meets, you know, in the summer where you're in heat 14 of the 400 free and you don't really care and it doesn't really matter. And I would swim mm. out of my mind and, and get, you know, nas my national cuts and then I think of, I'd get to nationals, the big meet where it matters and there's all the stress and all the pressure and all the ex expectation. And I wouldn't compete as well because the, the, the being in the present moment and the fun of it and doing it for, for the craft and for the love of sport went out the window and it was all about, I have to win. I have to do this. I have to prove. I have to right. perform. And so whether you're a mechanic or you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a CEO or you are the Olympic athlete, I think it's remembering and, and, and being truthful to the craft and, and why you signed up for this in the first place. And it, it reminds me of, of Shelby Lynn, the country music artist who won the Grammy for Best New Artist 20 years ago. And this is the only acceptance speech I've ever remembered, ever. And she said, mm. Best New Artist, it only took me 13 years and six albums to get here and i just yeah. I will never forget that and and then she said you know for me it's always been all about the music and what that says to me is she wasn't trying so hard or she wasn't trying to be something she wasn't to sell more records or gimmicky or prancing around half naked she stayed true to her craft and it didn't happen overnight and it took 13 years and six albums to win best new artist which is hysterical and i just offer that to everyone today because I know it's frustrating. I, I know we want the thing we want when we want it. And that's why the word patience stems from the word for suffering, the Latin word for suffering. We're suffering while we're waiting for the thing that we want. But keep going. Why don't you take a pause, maybe take a rest, but just know that eventually you'll get to where you need to go if you keep putting in the work and, and you put in the work for the right reasons. I think a great um, anecdote or example of the Olympics was when Tom Daly was a diver, right? He was knitting a sweater during breaks, you know. <laughs> and uh, that, you know, you're talking about taking some time off to be calm and relaxed. And it's a sort of meditative thing, isn't it, to knit? And uh, I thought that's a good example. You know, he's at the top of his game. He's an amazing diver. But, you know, he can also take time just to, to, to make a sweater. And that was, that was kind of fun, I thought. 
Yeah, I, I, I think we all need to have a lot more fun. And I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you and your audience. And I love that fun is in my subtitle because if, if it isn't fun, we're not going to keep doing it. I think we're all guilty of taking ourselves way too seriously. And we don't allow ourselves to have fun. It's like, oh, I shouldn't spend my hard-earned money or, oh, I shouldn't, I don't have time or all of these lies that we tell ourselves. So I think just being a bit more conscious and deliberate and intentional with our day-to-day choices and, and allowing ourselves to have more fun, whether you're knitting your sweater, you're acting silly, you're, you're going to, you know, the park and having a picnic or whatever your thing is, I, I challenge you to add one more fun activity to your daily or and or weekly schedule. I love that, you know, because uh, sometimes we get overly serious about working so hard on our spiritual path as well, you know, that I'm, am I doing it right? Gonna make, am I going to be as good as the masters or whatnot? And if if you notice, many of the masters, the, at least the many that I admire, are fun people, you know, they're, they're giggling. Um, Dalai Lama is a good example. His laugh is, is infectious, and there are many others are like that. You know, they have a light, light touch, a lightheartedness to them. Because they found that that uh, core of joy and and fun within them, I think, and, and then naturally, and it comes also from being generous, right? Being uh, other centered, as you mentioned earlier. You know, when we get over ourselves, then uh, I think one master said, "When you're nothing, you are everything," and it's like you get over yourself and then become part of everything, and and that's the, the most joyous thing you can be. You know, you're giving up a little tiny bit so you can have the whole and. Uh, that, that's, before you get there, though, we'll pass over this. Maybe you'll feel the burn. That's step three. You know, you, there's, there's um, <laughs> coming out of the chrysalis. Is a, it can be a, an uncomfortable experience, right? So we have to go through that and, and creating new beliefs. You know, we, I think step four: strengthen your core confidence. Um, but before we go to the break, just tell us what you mean by building your emotional muscles. What's that? Yeah. So, you know, just like our physical muscles help us navigate our physical world, our, our internal, our mental, emotional, spiritual muscles really have help us navigate both our internal and external world. So I don't know how much time we have, but a, a great point to illustrate building strong mental and emotional muscles is, as I like to say, when you see the anger train coming, don't get on board. This is a challenge and practice of a lifetime, especially with family members, our spouse, you know, people like that are lifetime assignments. It doesn't always mean we like them, but oh, they will bring up our stuff like no one else. And and rather than getting mad and, and pointing the finger and shaming and blaming ourselves and them, it really is that golden opportunity to grow and to see the limits to our own lovelessness and, and to really um, be able to love people even when they're not being loving. Amen to that. All right, we're at the break. Um, I'm with Kate Ekman. We're going to come back after these messages, talk more about her book, The Full Spirit Workout. Join us then. 
Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. So welcome back to today's show. I'm talking with Kate Ekman and we're talking about her New book is called The Full Spirit Workout, a 10-step system to shed yourself doubt, strengthen your spiritual core, and create a fun and fulfilling life. And we're working through the, the 10 steps that are in the book, and uh, each one is explicated very deep in a detailed way, but always with personal examples. And um, it's very practical. It's a practical book, and um, and, and therefore is, is very effective, I think. Um, so we're, we're sort of halfway through, and we were moving through to number six. Step six is to boost your mental capacities, right? Um, and, uh, you know, in Unity, we talk so much about, you know, change your mind, change your life, uh, thoughts of things. Um, you know, they, they, you can transform yourself by changing your consciousness. This is key, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, first of all, we have to go back to our origin story and where did this limiting belief even come from? And I share openly right. in the book about being the four-year-old little girl at the swim club and overhearing my swim instructor communicate to my mother that he didn't think I was a very good swimmer and how heartbreaking that as a little innocent child, I created this mentality right. that said, oh, oh my gosh, I, I have to compete at a really high level so that I'm safe in the world. And my mom and dad will love me and I will impress strangers and they won't speak badly about me to my mother. And, you know, on the one hand, it, it gave me this drive and determination. And I ended up breaking every record at that <laughs> swim club and, you know, was a state and national champion and off to Penn State on a swimming scholarship. But at what cost? And I think that's what we have to look at with these beliefs is, but at what cost? I was filled with anxiety and insecurity, despite all the achievements and accomplishments and had to learn the hard way right. that none of that stuff is ultimately going to fulfill us. If on the inside, we think we're not safe or people don't love us unless we behave a certain way. It's a horrible mentality. So I think when we can go back, and it's always in childhood, where this belief came from, and really challenge it and say, is this even true? And, and no, it's not. And then co-creating with God's spirit universe, whatever you believe in, co-creating a new thought system for yourself and a new mantra, and making that your default setting, and, and then collecting evidence for why that is true versus collecting evidence for why the insult or the lie is true. And you took it in the positive direction, right? You you fulfilled something. Many people hear those words and never will swim again, you know, uh, or never will draw again or whatever it is that they've been criticized for. Um, there's that old statement that is such a lie, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. 
And it's the opposite, isn't it? Words can be incredibly damaging and powerful. Um, you know, you get over a, a broken bone, but you, you sometimes the hurt uh, of um, hateful speech, you know, even if it's not meant to be hateful, it's, it's hateful to us. We, we hear it in a very negative way. Um, that, that's huge. It's hard to reframe that. Yeah, and I think I think we can take, you know, I say take things with a grain of salt. We've all heard that saying. And I think sometimes because you see it, Reverend, when people get super defensive about something and I think, wow, this isn't about me. And if you are that defensive, then you obviously believe this right. is true, because if someone you know, if someone said to me, I don't like you because you're short and brunette, I, I'm going to feel nothing because I'm five, I'm almost six feet tall and I'm blonde. So it's just like, I feel nothing. But if someone says, I don't like you because you're an author and you love to laugh, um, I'm like, ooh, because I <laughs> yeah. really resonate with both of those things. But then I'm like, well, that's your, I don't care because I'm a proud author and I'm proud to love my laugh. So again, it does come back to us being so grounded in our own self-worth that you know, the, the comment or the attack or the whatever can't can't rock our boat. We're, we're, we're so firmly held in our own confidence. And that's why I talked about, you know, some of the building blocks of confidence like presence, uh, like patience. Another huge one is purpose, which is why is this important to you? Why right now? So many people talk about all their goals and they're frustrated. They haven't achieved them yet. And I say, why do you want to achieve this goal? And a lot of the answers I hear are I mean, it's like someone saying, I want to have a kid because when I post pictures of him on social media, I'll get more likes. I, that's, uh, that's not a strong why. <laughs> we, I think we can all right. agree on that. But people have those kind of whys when it comes to, I want to start my own business or I want to write the book or I want to get married. And so I, 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 I'm just inviting everyone to come up with a really strong why and, and why is this important to you and, and why right now and, and really spend some time reflecting on that because then you might give up some things that you think you really want in pursuit of the things that are actually going to bring you meaning and fulfillment while also serving others. Right. I think that's a huge point, isn't it? You know, because so often we want to do things not really for the core re the, the core purpose within us. We do it because, you know, it, it'll, it'll aggrandize our ego or somebody else thinks they should do it or whatever, or I'll fit in better. And those really aren't good uh, reasons to doing anything. I mean, it has to come from that inner sense of purpose. And when it does, it seems like, as you said earlier, you know, we, we're given energy. Spirit provides more and more energy towards that because it's coming from the heart, right? It's not coming from a nice idea in our head. Um, but I want to go back to the, the, the boat you mentioned. You know, there's an old story in Buddhism about a, a, a man going down the river in, a, in a, a boat, and a rowboat, and there's this other boat coming closer and closer to him, and he's beginning to get irritated, and why is this boat yeah. coming closer? And, and then he, he makes up a whole story about this guy is so thoughtless and hateful and everything. And finally, the boat comes alongside, and he sees that the boat is empty. So, so all all the frustration, the anger, the projection was wasted, you know, because the boat didn't have anybody in it. It was just floating along and having to get near him. And the you know the, the message is everything's an empty boat, actually. You know that we project everything into this boat and and make it about the, the boat. But it's really if we stay centered in our own boat, in our own life situation. Um, you know, nothing outside can, can affect us. So, you know, where do we give our power, right? Where, where do we, um, 
what's our self-talk, if you like. You think you talk about that, don't you, in the, in the chapter? Yeah, it, it is that that self-talk. And, and two truths about the brain that, you know, we probably don't want to acknowledge is that the brain is lazy and the brain doesn't like gaps. And so that's why, you know, you could look at me a certain way and I'm like, oh my gosh, he doesn't like me. And it's because I'm wearing this and it's because I voted for this person and it's because I live in New York and you create this whole, meanwhile, you are just, you'll share with me later. Wow. You know, I was looking at you and thinking you look exactly like my cousin, Sally, and I should really introduce the two of you because you could really collaborate and do this retreat and really help millions of people. You know, I'm making this uh-huh. up, but you know, our brain, it, it fills in these gaps and, and it creates these stories. And, and that's where so much of our negative self-talk comes from is, oh, this person doesn't like me because of X. And again, it's it's really challenging ourselves by asking, is this even true? And what what would I be or who would I be without this thought? And then coming up with a thought that's actually going to serve us. That's what boosting our mental metabolism is. Just like we all know eating nutrient-rich food is going to boost our metabolism and give us the energy and we're going to feel better rather than eating sugar all day and having the crash. You know, those thoughts of, oh, he doesn't like me because of this, that's just like eating sugar all day. So really feeding our mind something that's actually going to fuel us with the energy to, to do the things that we need to do. Absolutely. And it seems that a lot of the spiritual path, a lot of effective living is counterintuitive, right? It's full of paradox. You know, it's the opposite of what we think it is. Um, For instance, in step seven, you know, building your spiritual stamina, uh, we think, you know, if I can become bulletproof, perfect and everything, then, then I'll really be a spiritual genius or whatever. But it's not about that, is it? It's about the opposite. It's about becoming vulnerable. And a lot of us will say, oh, well, I don't want to become vulnerable. That's uh, I don't be defenseless. Somebody can take advantage of me. But that's not true vulnerability, is it? True vulnerability is an openness, right? It's um, it's an availability, right? That we're our spirits are in- including and embracing things rather than keeping everything apart, you know, from us. We're not defensive anymore. It's a, but it does seem counterintuitive sometimes. It absolutely does. And it, it really is a strength. And, and this is one of my favorite parts in the whole book where I, I share a story. and I even start off the chapter with a, I call it a divine download from, from source, from my inner wisdom, from God um, that I got when I had faced another rejection. And, and I heard this voice that said, being okay if it happens and okay if it doesn't is a very oh, powerful yeah. place to be. And I just thought, wow. And and it was that moment, you know, when you're not just understanding it intellectually, because I think we all understand a lot intellectually, but then why aren't we acting upon it? It's because it hasn't yet become wisdom. And it becomes wisdom when we move it from our heads down into our hearts and it lives in our bodies and in our bones. And I understood those words in my bones. And it was just that such that moment of release and surrender and thinking, you know what? Yeah. And I don't care when this goal happens anymore, because I know it, I know it will. I know that God and the angels are on this and I just need to keep putting one foot in front of the other, doing what I can and then giving it up. Like, I don't say, let it go. I find that a little dismissive. I say, I'm giving this up. I will look up and say to God, please take this from me. I am not enlightened enough to not be triggered by this person or event. 
I am not enlightened enough to not feel absolutely horrible about being rejected for the third time when I thought I had this deal. Please take this from me. And it, it will feel like a miracle because it is. Every time I do this, I, I feel better. The thing, whatever it is, gets worked out. And in this case, it was being rejected by a publisher at the 11th hour. And I, this, 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 these words came to me. I really did do this, this practice and art of surrender. And two weeks later, I was on the phone with my now publisher and my agent and got the book deal for, for the whole spirit workout, which is now out in the world. And you can't make this stuff up. And it, it I, I remind myself of this all the time. And I said it last week when a really big business deal fell through at the 11th hour and this large sum of money I thought I was getting is, is not coming, at least from this source and at least right now. But I was genuinely in a place of if it happens, great. If it doesn't, great. Because I know something else will. And and being okay right. with that. I'm not saying this is easy. It's simple, not easy. It's a practice like anything else. But I, I do this practice because now when something blows up, even so, I've said, someone said to me, I can't believe how calm you are. I would be so angry. I'd be devastated. <laughs> I just said, well, I've been doing the full spirit workout for years. It's kind of like, I, it's so, see, my, my inner muscles are, are quite strong and, and, and my life um, benefits greatly from that. Well, I think the key here is, you know, when we say whether it happens or whether it works out or it doesn't, it's okay, is the idea that, you know, I am already whole. Um, it, I'm not, who I am is not determined by circumstances, right? And so often we feel like it is, you know, unless I get that book deal and unless I get that job, um, my life is not going to work out right. You know, but the, the truth is your life is already working out right. And when we come to that center within ourselves of self-acceptance right of of knowing that we are whole we're already home you know we've made it home already um then we can relax and and then we become magical you know then we become uh, attractors of all the good because we're, we're no longer uh, thinking i'm i need something we're just simply expanding who we are in any given day and i think that's the true nature of abundance right um some people you know they, they're given large amounts of money and then it's gone uh, other people, you know, they have the right amount of money at, at any given time. And what's the difference? You know, some people have just a, an understanding of the flow and, and others don't, you know. And once we understand the flow, it seems to me that it's always there for us, right? It may not come in the way we think, um, but it always comes, right? Because we're centered in, in, that, um, in that faith-filled place of knowing, if you like. Yeah. And, and as my mentor always said to me, the Holy Spirit knows how much your rent is. And I thought of that when I was on my walk in Central Park yesterday. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. because again, you're set up for one thing and you're spending the money and you're making the investments and, and you're like, oh, but I just, you know, I took a pause and I said, the Holy Spirit knows how much my rent is. And I carried on my way and again, believed it in my bones, in my heart, not just it's not just about posting some cute thing on Instagram, right? We have to actually believe the words that we are thinking and saying, and this takes practice. I know no one wants to hear that, but you know, you were just talking about the Olympics. Do you think those people just showed up there? You think the athletes just showed up in Tokyo? It, no, <laughs> it's just, there's so much practice. Do you think to get where you are, Absolutely. you just showed up? No, there was a lot of work involved. I think of all the, the, the studying and education and things I've done. And you don't just show up. I think like the book deal is a perfect example. Uh -huh. People say, I want to write a book. And I think, 
great, but it, it takes a lot of work. <laughs> so you have to be willing to put in the work. And then you can be free, right? You've got one of your steps is rock the freedom lifestyle. And I love that. <laughs> Um, but it, it's 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 hard earned freedom in a sense. Like you know, it's not just handed to you, you know, um, in a sort of a hippy dippy way. You know, we're all free, man. Um, it's it's the freedom that comes from um, persevering through, right, and and having victory over the limitations and, and recognizing the truth of our being. And but then we are free to explore and enjoy, you know, a wonderful life, right? I think what you said is powerful. You know, when you're on a walk and you say. You know, the Holy Spirit knows what my rent is, whatever. That that's a powerful statement, right? It means that I don't have to fret it here. You know, I've got I've got something within me working for me and through me that that uh, cares deeply. You know, Jesus said that, right? God knows how many hairs you have on the on your head. You know, take a load off, relax. You know, the the Spirit knows you better than you do. It, it does. And, and we hear these stories all the time. This woman I work with, she has a suicide prevention uh, organization that I work with. And we're both passionate about that as we both lost loved ones uh, to that tragedy. And she, she literally days ago shared with me the story that she said, our offices were going to get shut down if we didn't come up with this $4,000. We had one more day to do it. She's sharing this story with me. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh. And she said, Kate, literally an hour before midnight. And she's like midnight, 11 PM on a Tuesday or whatever it was. Some woman called and said, you know, I just inherited this money that my uncle just died or whatever it was. And I've been following your organization. I love the work that you're doing. And not only did she give 4,000, but she donated 10,000 and said, and I'd like to, she's giving this huge donation this month. And so we hear stories like this all the time, but we often are guilty of hanging on to the story of like, oh, woe is me and, and rolling people and the ain't it awful. So let's spend a little bit more time thinking. We all know one of these stories and, and I've had them too, where a, a sum of money comes in at the 11th hour and we've all, we've all said, you can't make this stuff up or, oh, can you believe this? Yeah, I can believe it. That's how it works. If you, right. you stay out of your own way. And that's why I say to people, you know, these exercises work if you do, but it's like the gym. You can't just show up in your cute outfit and expect to be in shape. You can't expect your personal trainer to do the sit-ups and push-ups for you. You have to put in the work. You have to sweat. But the good news about that is then you get to the results. You get to benefit from the work. And so even if you just start with some baby steps, I promise you it's worth it. I, I think if you're listening here, you, you've done a lot more than the baby steps. And, and I, I do feel called to tell people to keep going. Cause even this woman last night, I was getting my smoothie and she was in such a state of angst. And I said, are you okay? And even that she said, wow, thank you for asking. And then she, she explained what was going on. She said, you know, but there's people starving in the world and I have it. And I said, okay, yeah, but your feelings are valid. And, and why do we do that to ourselves? Right. Where it's like, well, everyone, other people have it worse. You're allowed to have a challenging moment and feel upset. You're allowed. It's okay. But then, you know, ask yourself who you want to be and, and what kind of life do you want to have? And, and what kind of work are you willing to put in to, to be that person and to have those things? Absolutely. Yeah. And this, this is why no, you know, there's no pat answers here because you you know, the phrase, it's a first world problem that can be helpful sometimes, you know, you think, well, compared to, you know, the, the tragedies that are happening in, in third world nations, 
you know, our problems and not so much. But the other side of it is, you know, if you're going through something, it's real at that moment for you. So it's it's a both-and world, right? And, and uh, it takes, there's that conundrum again, that counterintuitive part of spirituality. No, you know, one size doesn't fit all. You know, we're, we're all uniquely different, and uh, there's a unique answer for each um, each situation we're in, right? And um, and that book's good in that way, folks, uh, in, in not going to the easy answers. It, you know, it, it searches a little deeper, and, and that's, that's, that's very good. Uh, one of my favorite chapters is chapter uh, on, the, on step eight, I think it is, right? It's Embrace Your Endorphins. It's a chapter about joy. I just love this chapter, but I'm, I, lo- I love joy. I love um, being present to miracles around us in the most simple ways, right? You, you have lists of... Uh, things you can do, right, um, to to get that joy um, going in our lives. Something as simple as just putting your cell phone down or um, a moment when you're not self-conscious, you're just naturally being yourself effortlessly, um, a new experience you might do, uh, going into an environment where you feel you know, calm or whatever, cleaning out junk um, from our homes, that can, that can be a, a, an endorphin booster um, keeping a, a deceased loved one's memory alive. You know, the, the rituals like that can be very beautiful too. And you have a whole list. Um, but I, I love that. Joy is so important, isn't it? It is. And, and it is so simple. And when I, when I did my research, not one person mentioned some material good or item that brought them joy. It was all of those uh. simple things, some of which you mentioned. And for me, I just say, you know, think of someone or something that brings you joy. Whatever came to mind is perfect. For me, it's my parents' golden doodle, Teddy, who's just pure love and joy. Or I think of so many times in nature. I mean, even the other day when I was experiencing some stress, I was over in the park. And this sounds (laughs) sounds insane, especially from a grown a grown woman, but I was just watching the squirrels you know, they were collecting their treats and they were digging. And the one I was watching him bury, you know, some of the nuts he was eating and things like that. And it was just, it was so hysterical. And these, these city squirrels are like people, they just come up to you like, Hey, what do you got? And um, it, it, they were just making me laugh, but just even taking 10 minutes to be present and mindful and watch the squirrels do their job and go about their day. They're, they're hysterical. And I think of that quote from Sex in the City where, you know, Carrie says that squirrels are just rats with cuter outfits. And so I was reminded of that because I'm in New York City. And I just, I just had a laugh and it, it shifted me out of the, the funk and stress that I was in. And that's what laughter does. Laughter really does change the channel. And, you know, my friend was stressed the other day and I asked her something or I said, oh, you know, I, I don't know what we were talking about. And we just started cracking up and she just, I felt her energy just shift. And so again, bring a little levity to your day. And even if it's five minutes, go outside, watch the bees, watch the squirrels, watch the butterflies and watch watch them do their jobs and just, they're just in joy. And they're not worried about the other plants or animals or who's better or who's cuter, or who's richer. They're just doing their thing. I think we can learn so much from nature and animals. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. And, you know, kids are the same, uh, children or grandchildren. Uh, there's such a joy uh, to be around, you know, because they're in the moment. You know, that that's one of the essences, isn't it, of nature and our children and grandchildren. They're, they're, they're in the now until they're, until they're taught not to be, right? Until we're taught yeah. not to be, we're in the, in the moment. And uh, 
a lot of it is coming back to that moment again because in in this present moment actually everything is is pretty good right it doesn't have the past or the future it's just what it is so it's a it's a wonderful place to be yeah and like kids we don't we don't have to try so hard i think too, everyone's like we want we want the love we want the money we I think sometimes the answer is is to do less, to do nothing, to let it be and and to take that that pause and and as my speaking coach says, just be a freaking person. You know, if you're anything like me, you dwell in the the space of perfectionism and and being obsessed with performance, just be a freaking person. It's a confidence booster as <laughs> is pausing, you know, and and just I yeah. think we can all be a little more playful and childlike. Absolutely. Uh, folks, let me tell you about next week's show, and then we'll just have our closing thoughts um, from Kate. Uh, next week, I'm joined again by my wife, Wendy, and uh, we're going to look at summer heat, um, how to balance your physical, emotional, and spiritual temperatures in hot times. And so, again, we're looking at our relationship, but we're looking at how to deal with the world and to stay calm. So a little bit... Um, Similar to today, but we'll we'll go into more personal details probably as we usually do when we when we get together and chat. But right now, what have we left out? What what didn't I cover that you'd like to share with the audience? Okay. I think I just I just want to remind everyone how powerful they are and that you can absolutely do anything that you decide is important enough. So getting really clear on what is important to you and why, and, and then carving out a plan and, and starting with those at least five minutes a day to sit and stare and reflect and ponder and check in with yourself and, and remind yourself, it, it might take a, a lot in the beginning, how powerful you are. I can't stress that enough. I think we've all fallen asleep to that truth in one way or another at one time or another. And to really remember that and to act from that place, because that is the truth and you can do whatever you decide is important enough. I love it. And the book, of course, is published by New World Library. They're wonderful publishers, available on all the usual outlets. Um, it's called The Full Spirit Workout by Kate Ekman. And if people want to get in touch with you, is there a website that, that you have that we can drive people to? Sure. You can go to kateekman.tv, K-A-T-E-E-C-K-M-A-N.tv, or thefullspiritworkout.com. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on uh, World Spirituality. It's been a wonderful hour. Glad you this could be with so us. This is so much fun. I could talk to you all day. I really appreciate you having me, and I'm, I'm giving you a big virtual hug. Be well, my friends. All right. Thank you for that. And thanks for listening, folks, to the show. Um, my, new, my new book is coming out soon. It's called Unity and World Religions. It should be out in a couple of months. So I'll keep you posted on that. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 